Well, I tell you there, Luke, I tell you what, this is Walter Britton, and I used to star on the TV show with the uh, Real McCoys, but we're not talking about the, the Real McCoys today now. Now, Luke, we're talking about Season 10, Episode 207, the title, Straighten Up and Fly Right, subtitle, Possess Your Soul. In the classic TV show, The Rifleman, aired on ABC from September 30th, 1958 to April 8th, 1963, starred Chuck Connors as Lucas McCain and his son, Mark McCain, played by Johnny Crawford. McCain and son moved from Eden, Oklahoma, following the death of his wife, Margaret, when his son was about six years old, to the fictional town of North Fork, located in the New Mexico Territory. The time, 1881. And, of course, the territory was wrought with peril. I came to the Series 3 rerun since I was just about a year old when it first aired. The Rifleman is probably airing somewhere in the world to this day. I watch the show now occasionally for the kick of seeing old black and white television in the Western genre. The Rifleman was not my favorite TV Western for one main reason. It seemed like about every other episode, Mark was in jeopardy of losing his paw. Lucas McCain. It was always some life-threatening peril like being shot or falling off a cliff while fighting the bad guys. I can still see and hear Johnny Crawford as his eyes would well up with what appeared to be real tears and he would say, don't die, Paul. Please don't, don't die, Paul. You're all I got, Paul, since Ma's been gone. Then Connors would call him by name with that terse cadence, Luke. I used to feel so sorry for Johnny Crawford starring in a successful TV show only to have his life bummed out by all the depressive episodes. I wanted to tell Mark to grow up, face the facts, toughen up. Your dad's the rifleman. It's the way he rolls. And the words of an old Nat King Cole hit, straighten up and fly right. I found a verse in scripture that I had never noticed before and it, it was mind-blowing to read this verse, and it's right there in the book of Luke. But I'm telling you, I had never seen it in my life, and it is transformational. And it's words by Jesus himself. It is the direct words of Jesus. If you have a red print Bible, it's in red print. In Luke chapter 21, verse 19, he says, By your endurance, gain your lives. The King James is a great translation here. It says, In your patience, Possess ye your souls. We are going to focus our minds on this exhortation from several different angles today. Life-changing experiences often leads the anxious believer to inquire, Why is this always the way it is with me? We looked for light, but darkness came. We looked for peace, but trouble ensued. We said in our heart, Our mountain stands firm. We shall never be moved. But, Lord, you hide your face, and we are troubled. Yesterday the sky was bright and full of hope, but today our hopes are clouded. Yesterday we could rejoice with confidence in our future inheritance. Today it seems our spirit has no hopes, but many fears, no joys, but much distress. Is this part of God's plan with us? Can this be the way in which God would bring us to heaven? Yes, it is nonetheless. The eclipse of our faith, the darkness of our mind, the fainting of our hope, all these things are also parts of God's method of making us ripe for the great inheritance which we will soon enter if we know Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. These trials are for the testing and strengthening of our faith. They are waves that wash us further upon the rock. 
They are winds which blow our ship more swiftly towards the desired haven. According to King David's words, may it be said of us, he led them by the right path to go to a city where they could live. By honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, by plenty and by poverty, by joy and by distress, by persecution and by peace, by all these things is the life of our souls maintained. And by each of these are we helped on our way. Dear friend, did you hear that? This is something that we do not hear today in most of our churches or in any type of situation across the land, that by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, by plenty and by poverty, by joy and by distress, by persecution and by peace, by all these things is the life of our souls maintained. And by each of these are we helped on our way. We must never think that our sorrows are out of God's plan. They are necessary parts of it. In Acts chapter 14, verse 22, Paul's missionary team was strengthening the disciples by encouraging them to continue in the faith and by telling them it is necessary to go through hardships to enter the kingdom of God. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 says, Consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. In God's preparation of our souls to enter heaven, we will endure times of isolation and loneliness as if God has abandoned us. This is not the punishment of God, but the preparation of God. The only way we can know that God is all we need is to be pushed into situations that, through isolation and loneliness, we are provoked to turn to God in prayer. Oswald Chambers makes the profound observation that since we became disciples, we cannot be as independent as we used to be, and that things we are going through are either making us sweeter, better, and nobler men and women, or they are making us more critical and fault-finding and more insistent on our own way. The things that happen either make us evil or they make us saintlier, depending entirely on our own relationship with God and its level of intimacy. Jesus himself put it this way in Luke chapter 21, verse 9, and I shared that verse at the very beginning. By your endurance, gain your lives. The word translated lives here in the Christian Standard Bible is actually the Greek word suke, which is the essence of life in terms of thinking, willing, and feeling. It's the inner self, the mind, the thoughts, the feelings, the heart. It's our being. It's what we translate as our soul. The King James is a great translation, as I said here, in that it says, In your patience possess ye your souls. And this is written as such in the Greek that this is something that we take part in. Jesus is not saying that we earn our way into heaven. What we are talking about is taking responsibility for ourselves in the core of our being. Chambers has it right when he writes, Many of us prefer to stay at the entrance to the Christian life instead of going on to create and build our soul in accordance with the new life God has placed within us. We fail because we are ignorant of the way God has made us, and we blame things on the devil that are actually the result of our own undisciplined natures. Just think what we could be when we are awakened to the truth. The Christian life is one of spiritual courage and determination lived out in our flesh. End quote. The Apostle Peter gives us the prescription for how we are to gain our souls. 
our lives, how we are to possess our souls, ourselves. He says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-11, through 11, His divine power, talking about God, has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. By these He has given us very great and precious promises, so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, because if you do these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be richly provided for you. Do you hear the connection in all of this? My friend, let me ask you something. How is it going in the soul possession department for you today? Are you giving effort to being good, showing to the world outstanding moral character? Do you continue to wallow in immorality because you just can't seem to get your life together? How is it you keep winding up in those dark rooms with no windows, where regardless of the time of day, it's always night? My friend, today we see many Christians submerging their anxieties and increasing disgust for the life God has dealt them in alcohol, dope, and promiscuity, all the while calling it freedom and fun. Are you increasing in your biblical knowledge to where it is having an impact on your life actions, or are you always learning but never coming to a knowledge of the truth? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit access to your mind so that you manifest an increase in self-control? How about endurance? Are you stronger, tougher, more resilient in the face of adversity than when you first believed? Or do you still melt down at the first sign of hardship and retreat? Are you more like God now than when you first said yes to Jesus? How about affection for your fellow human beings? And what about love? Does your present existence manifest the love of Christ to others? It is exciting to know that the God of all creation wants us to be steadfast and solid in this life where nothing can shake us or shake us loose from our attention and focus on Him where He receives all glory due Him, and we are conformed into the image of His only begotten Son. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace.